from Harare, Zimbabwe to the World Wide Web. You are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Every week, we lead you in conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Our goal is to get you to ask questions and compare what today's culture is telling us versus what the Bible says. If you're a non-believer, we hope that our conversation will shed more light on what the Christian faith is really about. Never miss an episode by subscribing through our website, www.radiantculture.africa or you can find us on iTunes. Like our Facebook page, look up Radiant Culture and follow us on Twitter at Radiant Culture. If you're on Instagram, it's Radiant underscore culture. Radiant Culture. It's live. It's truth. It's lit. Stay tuned. Welcome, everybody, listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T Mac. And I'm Cookie Monster. And we are joined by Cool Waza. How you doing? How you doing? Waza in the building. Have we seen you this year? No, we haven't. This is the first time we've seen each other. Wow, happy new year. Yeah. How is 2019 treating you? How are you treating 2019, actually? Wow. That's that's a nice perspective. <laughs> yeah, 2019 is um, an interesting year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot has happened and it's just yeah. January. Yes. And it literally feels like it's already been like six months. Exactly. Like given the amount of things that have been packed yeah. into like yeah. three weeks, yeah. it's just like, whoa. Anyway, today we are going to be talking about prayer, which is usually, I mean, it's a focus all the year round, but in January, most churches tend to fast and have yes. prayer conferences and they really zone in on this kind of so that days. you can set your tone. Ten days. <laughs> exactly. 21 days, 10 days, however many days. But yeah, to set your tone for the rest of the year. So we want to demystify this whole prayer thing. Like, what is it really? We say it's talking to God. But then if I'm talking to you, it's like we're having a conversation. So mm-hmm. how is it talking to God if I can't hear him on the other end of the line? <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. When you were kids... We were just taught, let us pray. And then everyone closes, hands together, eyes closed, and you bow your head and it's time to pray. And that's how you know people are praying right now. But what is it really? What is taking place when we are praying? And is that whole posture even necessary? Side note. Like the whole, like why were we even taught to do that? (laughs) Look, I guess um, depending on your background, um, when you say as, you know, as kids, it shows that it's a particular uh, religious background that you have, mm-hmm. maybe the denominational background, where you know they insist on you putting your hands together, closing your eyes, and looking down. Uh, I think it's just a way uh, to show reverence. You know, that was just a posture of showing reverence. We're now praying to God. Okay, guys, this mm-hmm. is very, very important. This is sacred. So no talking and close your eyes so that you don't look around and get distracted. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the idea. So it's just basically trying to get some focus in there. Um, but as you grow older and as you become acquainted with the scriptures, you discover there's actually nothing in the Bible that says that you have to have your hands in a certain posture. Guys would pray in all sorts of ways. Some people would have their hands raised. Others would be prostrate on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got guys kneeling. Uh, you've got guys just standing there and praying. You've got people standing like Nehemiah was standing, uh, serving the king as cupbearer, and he's praying in his heart. He's not even praying with words. Mm. So the king is asking him a question, and then before he answers, he prays in his heart. So you've got guys praying all sorts of ways and all sorts of postures, uh, and people have basically taken that on board. If you go to a Pentecostal church 
or you go to those charismatic churches where guys really love to swing off the chandeliers, you know, you're seeing seeing guys, you know, take up all sorts of uh, postures and not even postures. Sometimes guys are just marching across and, you know, uh, screaming at the top of their lungs. And Mm. that's totally cool as well. So prayer has got taken on. There's no formula, really. No formula. Yeah. So what is it? How would you explain it? Especially to an unbeliever, what are you doing when you're praying? Okay, so the essence of prayer, basically, I think at a very basic level is, is communication, you know, talking to God. That's it. Um, and then, of course, God speaks back to you at some point, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. That's but it's, it's basically you're talking to God. That's mm-hmm. what prayer is, at a very basic level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking to God. Yes. But if it's conversation, mm-hmm. communication. No, you said communication. Yes. Okay, so that's different from a, a conversation. I like communication because it gives a lot of room for some of the th- yeah ways that God can speak. Because when mm-hmm. I say talking to God, mm-hmm. um, it gives that idea that you have to be saying something. But sometimes yeah. you can have what people call waiting prayer, where you're not saying anything at all. Mm-hmm. You're just waiting on God, and uh, you just these day. Uh, so day, and, that's yeah. like nonverbal communication. Exactly. So of. I just I, I I prefer to say communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay, cookie. Um, okay, so the the thing about prayer, the question that I have, um, that I've, I guess I've, I've often had all kinds of questions where prayer is concerned, but I think, you know, what, one of my biggest questions has always been, why, why do we actually need to pray? Okay. You feel me? Uh-huh. Um, because, well, God... God knows what we want. Even Jesus said, God's, God knows what... Your Father in Heaven knows what you need before you ask. Mm-hmm. Was, was that Jesus or James? I don't remember. It's um, Jesus, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, wh- why do we need to, to pray? Mm-hmm. Right? Especially given, given the fact that um, we don't necessarily hear back from God. Then or, the, yeah, exactly. Right? Uh-huh. So, it's almost... It's usually a monotone, you know, right? No, monologue. 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 Yes, sorry, not monotone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So why have this monologue, right, Um, with with God, right? Yeah. So the the question for me is always that, you know, you hear stories of people who say, "I, I heard an audible voice. You hear people who say things like, um, I, I heard a still small voice, um, but is is the point of prayer for God to actually speak back okay. to us, or is it actually designed in such a way that we talk to God and then He kind of responds in the way that He, he sees see. fit? Yeah. Okay. So when we when we talk about prayer, one of the great tragedies uh, around prayer that I find, particularly in the body of Christ. Uh, is that a lot of us use prayer for the many reasons that we pray, mm-hmm. and we are very narrow in our focus. Yeah. So when we come to to prayer, we come with a bucket list because we know prayer is a place where you ask God for stuff. Mm-hmm. God changed the country. God changed my situation. I need furniture. I need a house. I need a car. I need a husband. I need a wife. Whatever the case may be, we feel like it's a place where we can just unburden, and then that's why it's that that monologue where we're just talking and talking and talking, and we're not waiting to hear back. Yeah. But when you look at what uh, the Psalms say, um, 
Psalm 118, verse 45, if I'm not mistaken. I could be. I'll have to look back at that. Please don't. Yeah. But the, that, that verse says, there's a verse that says, uh, the Lord is close to those who call unto him. So that should be 145.18, not 118.45. Sorry about that. Um, to those who call on him in truth. So prayer becomes a way in which you get to know God, where you uh, have communion and fellowship with God. Right. So if you look at Adam in the garden, he was praying when he was talking to God. Of course, we want to say that you know he didn't have his hands together or he wasn't uh, shimandering or whatever you want to call it, you know. <laughs> but he was talking to God, and that was prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was that disconnect when they sinned, and then you read in Genesis chapter five that from that time men began to call on the name of the Lord again. Mm-hmm. So prayer be- becomes this way in which we have relationship with God. Uh, and because a lot of people are about asking God for stuff instead of seeking to know God through, you know, through prayer and deepen their relationship with God, they find prayer to be frustrating. They mm-hmm. find prayer to be uh, pointless. They ask questions like, well, if God knows, so why should we ask? You know what yeah. I mean? So there, yes, there is that aspect of asking, and we'll get to why God wants us to ask. Uh, but the biggest aspect of prayer, and a lot of people have missed it, is that it is a, an avenue through which we uh, you know, perpetuate our relationship with, you know, with God. Okay. And so if people have a mindset shift mm-hmm. around that, mm-hmm. they'll find prayer to have more relevance. Um, and then you know, you'll find that there are people who spend hours praying. Yeah. Right? And sometime in your mind, you wonder to yourself, what are they saying to God? Yeah. You know? Right, right. <laughs> you know, because 15 minutes, I'm, I'm done. My list is through. You know, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I do brevity very well. You know, like, bullet yeah. <laughs> points, God. You know, mm-hmm. yes, this is what I want. This is what I want and that. And can you sort it out by this time, on this date, in this fashion? Thank you, you know, God. See you later. Mm-hmm. But these guys are going for it for hours. What are you doing there? Yeah, you know, what are you it. saying? <laughs> Yeah. What are you up to? And you realize most of the people who do spend that amount of time with God will tell you that I don't spend my time asking God for stuff. Most of the time that people spend, who spend that kind of time in prayer is talking to God, waiting on God, listening to him. And that brings us back to the whole issue of the monologue. Because the way God speaks to us, you know, the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a there's a need for us to be still that mm-hmm. we may hear his voice. It's not that God doesn't speak, but well, so often operating on a frequency that doesn't enable us to hear his voice. So Job thirty three fourteen says, uh, God speaks in one way or in two, but man does not perceive it. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Samuel, you know, lying in the temple, uh, and in the, in front of the Ark of the Covenant, and God calls his name three times. Three times he goes to Eli and says, hey, you call me. What's up? Mm. You know, and uh, Eli perceives hey, hey, it's God calling him. So, you know, he's serving God. He's in the temple. He's doing all these things. He's around church life as we, as we know it. But he doesn't know the voice of God. And, and you have that, you know, in the church of Christ. You've got people who are in kids' work. You've got people who are in worship or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, all sorts of things. But they don't have a relationship where they can hear the voice of God. Right. Uh, for, you know, for themselves. And so... It's, you know, I know people look at guys like Moses and Abraham and think, oh, these guys, you know, they just, 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 just happened, you know, just God appeared and said, hey, what's up, you know. <laughs> it does seem that way. Yeah, exactly, it does. Especially for Moses. Yes, but I, I, like, I, I chose Samuel because I want us to see that it's not everyone who was like that. 
Um, and Samuel needed to have, and, and you know, it's quite strange if you think about it. I was, I was reflecting on it today that God calls his name three times, doesn't say, Samuel, hey, where are you going? Hey, it's, it's me, it's G. You know, I'm, I'm talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but he lets him go off and then, hey, is it you? He comes back, calls his name, he goes off again, you know, and someone has to interpret and help him to interpret what's going on. Say, mm-hmm. you know, actually, this is the way, next time if this happens, this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then when he does that, it then just clicks into place and he becomes renowned as a prophet from that point onwards. Right. So it's, it's, it's an amazing story. And I think that's the story of a lot of Christians is that, you know, you hear the Bible says, you know, my sheep hear my voice, you know. Yeah. Uh, Romans 8.14, those that are led of the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So if right. you, you can't be led by the Spirit, you can't hear him. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's that sense of, yes, it's there in the scriptures. We can hear God's voice, but in my experience, not quite. Okay, so are you, are you then saying that we have to train ourselves to hear the voice of God? Absolutely, because um, the thing with uh, in any relationship, not just with, in a, a relationship with God, is it's a relationship in which, like, if someone you know, gets married in the first few years, they don't really understand everything, all the, you know, there's the nonverbal communication. But as, as people become familiar with each other, they, you know, they understand that a, this, okay, go and do it if you want, you know, if that really makes you happy, isn't have really... Fun. A, have fun, doesn't mean have yeah, fun, fun guys. Yeah. Doesn't mean have fun, it means... <laughs> Don't repent. <laughs> you know, sackcloth and ashes of what you're doing right now. You know, and so you, you know, maybe early on you just kind of think, oh, thanks, you know, and off you go. And then you realize as you go on and, you know, ex- as experience kicks in and you get to know someone better, mm-hmm. no, that wasn't exactly what was meant. And it's the same thing with God. You know, God speaks to us in all sorts of ways. If you yeah. read that uh, mm-hmm. in Job, uh, going down the verses from Job 33, verse 15, going on, it talks about how God speaks through dreams, through visions, even sometimes it says terrifying someone with sickness to show them the error of their ways and turn them, turn them away from pride and stuff like that. So um, it's, it's, you know, God has diverse ways in which he speaks. Mm-hmm. And only as we learn him in relationship do we understand, oh, okay, so sometimes he will speak to me. Uh, okay, so when I have this feeling in the pit of my stomach, and I'm thinking about something that that's the Holy Spirit saying that's not that's not what I want you to do or that's not going to work out. Or if I have if I feel this breeze around me when I have the thought or I oh you know, God really likes this thought and He's saying oh go with it. You know what I mean? So it's 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 uh, it's a relationship. Right. I mean, like any other. And so you really have to give yourself to one, just like any other relationship. If you're going to make it work, you have to devote yourself you know completely to it. Uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 13 God makes a promise and says I'll be found by you if you seek me with your whole heart mm-hmm. so you know he says yes you know I'm here I'm available and you will find me but you have to put your whole heart into it you can't go into prayer with your phone on and you're on groups and you're looking for whatever it is maybe groceries where they come out or yeah. you know where the bread queues over here and you're praying and you're trying to engage God it doesn't work you know mm-hmm. you have to be completely sold wholehearted no distractions. God, I'm here to talk to you, and I'm here to hear from you as well. Hmm. So I, I'm guessing this is the reason why uh, we're told in Scripture often that Jesus would go to a secluded place Absolutely. to pray. Yeah. yeah. Um, which actually leads me to another question. And it's that, how then do we balance between, um, 
you've got people that are labeled intercessors. Yeah. And even in churches, you've, you've got, you know, prayer departments or prayer teams mm-hmm. that seem to be, you know, that, that are more dedicated to prayer, mm-hmm. I guess, more as a, as a ministry. Yes. Um, and those tend to be the guys that pray for the long hours and they'll yes. spend, you know, six hours in the prayer room, that sort of thing. Yes. Then you've got the ordinary folk. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that a lot of people um, make the assumption, I guess, that the people that are called to prayer are the ones that should be laboring or spending endless travailing. hours in prayer, travailing and, you know, all that lingo that we use. Yeah. Um, but then the ordinary folk, you know, you just need to make sure you're, you're cool with God. You pray once in a while, you know, you do your daily reading in the morning, but no need to be going for extended, you know, amounts of time praying. That's, so so where, where is that balance? Is everyone called to some sort of intercessory uh, ministry or is, um, in fact, where, 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 what is the intercessory ministry yeah, and how, how good, does it differ from? That's a very good question because... Um, I'm a bit hardcore in this one. Uh, and this may jar with some of the people that are listening uh, because you may have been taught a lot of stuff from wherever you come from, and I respect all of that. But I, I struggle to see in the New Testament anyone who's got a gift of intercession or a gift of praying for, 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 for people. What you see in the New Testament is an encouragement for people to pray one for another. Uh, intercession is a priestly role. And you know, once you're a Christian, you're a royal priest in the order of Melchizedek, basically, because of Jesus. So everyone's, it's everyone's role to intercede. Those that end up doing what is called intercessory work are those who I would um, personally categorize as prophets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're prophetic people, because uh, if you are a prophet or a prophetess, you are basically a watchman. The watchman in the Old Testament that's used now to speak of an intercessor is uh, spoken of with regard to uh, prophets in the Old Testament. There's a prophet who God uh, speaks to and says, you know, you're the watchman over Israel. Uh, Isaiah as well. Isaiah, yes. You know, I've made you a watchman. Right. Uh, So that's the word, the the, the catchphrase that's used, the watchman on the walls, speaking of the intercessors. But actually in the Old Testament, if you trace it, you find that it speaks of prophets. So those are prophetic people, and you 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 realize people who intercede a lot, they're the ones who come and say, God said this, I saw a vision, and God is saying, and God is saying, a lot of the time. It's because they are prophetic, but people have just called them intercessors. Okay. Prophetic people have a burden to pray. Prayer and prophecy, I mean, being a prayer and being a prophetic person, it's like, you know, wet water, someone might, might want to say. It's, it's just, you know, so intercession is for everybody. We're all called to intercede one for another, Intercede for leaders in authority, intercede for the nation, intercede for nations, intercede that uh, the Lord of the harvest may send laborers into the field. You know, all that kind of stuff. Those are instructions to everybody. Right. So that's my understanding of what is required. And because, and this is the thing, I feel like we have been robbed because we've gone back to the man of God uh, kind of, uh, you know, dynamic. Model, huh? And dichotomy, yeah. there's a man of God and the laity. There's a man of God and the rest of the congregation, the flock. There's Moses. He goes and spends 40 days without eating or drinking anything in the presence of God while the flock is partying down, <laughs> you know, down there in the mountain, doing whatever they want. Right. And we are, we, we are not preaching the gospel of saying, we are not bringing Moses down the mountain. We're bringing everybody up to where Moses is. You have access to God. 
You can spend time with him. It's all about how hungry you are to get to know him and how deep you want to have a relationship with him. That should determine how much time you spend in prayer. Right. Not whether you have a particular gift or office called intercessor, or you're given a nice robe, whatever. So, you know, some churches do that. You've got a robe or something oh, really? that says you're part of the intercessory department. Uh-huh. Um, no, everybody can have a relationship with God and enjoy the depth of fellowship. Because you know, when you spend time in the presence of God, you spend hours. You see, the thing with those who don't do intercessory work and don't pray hours, they feel like doing all those hours, you know, it feels like a burden. Mm-hmm. But when you... Do that because you're spending time with God and because you love God and you want to know Him and you want to hear from Him and you want to tell Him how you feel and you just want to be in His presence and you're hungry to be with Him. It's different. Right. You know, it doesn't feel like, oh, those hours that you're... Oh, hours. You know, guys who's, guys start courting. You know, it's like you have to call them and say, hey, you guys, time to go home, okay? <laughs> you know, you're still at that person's house. Come on. You know, pack up your stuff and leave. You don't have you, know, you you don't have to force people to talk when they're in in, in love. You know you actually have yeah. to say, guys, come on, you know, <laughs> don't be antisocial now just because you're in a relationship. Mm. And that's how it should be with God. It shouldn't oh, be this thing where that. we are. It's a grind. Oh, prayer today. Oh my God. Oh, intercession. Oh, do you know deaconess so and so and ish? You know, ah, those people. Yeah, they have an anointing. Ah, yeah, let them do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. That's not how it should be. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to dial it back a bit because I want it also to be beneficial for someone who really just wants the basic, basic, basics. So you've said it's communication. You've said it's about forming a relationship with God. But how do we have a relationship with someone we can't see? Okay. Uh, Actually, that's a very good question. And Peter was marveling as well. You know, he said, you guys have never seen him, but you love him, you Mm -hmm. know. Uh, and for someone who spent all that time with Jesus, it was remarkable. Um, but Jesus said, you know, to to Thomas, he said, you know, you now believe because you see, but blessed are those who believe without seeing. And that's the essence of faith. Yeah. Faith is the substance of the thing that you cannot see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what God has not given in terms of him being seen, what I have found in, and I have to say experiences differ, in my personal experience, God makes himself known uh, by his very presence. Uh, he lives on the inside of us. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to be with you and he's going to be in you. Um, and I was actually reflecting very recently that I think having God on the inside is a, you know, is a bit like how women feel when they have a life you know, on, on the inside of them when they're pregnant. Is that you know, many times before they even take the test, they know, you know yeah. there's a life inside. You know, because it's just different. But hey, uh, it's not even two weeks in, you know what I mean? It's not even like, it's, you know, we're all waiting for the third, whatever, you know, for the first trimester to, or the third month to come through and say, oh, no, hey, congratulations, you know. <laughs> but two weeks in, she knows already, you know, because there's something about when you have someone alive on the inside of you. They don't come and they're not just quiet, you know. It's not like they don't, you know, God is here. Yeah, really, yeah. He, he lives on the inside of me, really? Yeah, it does. Honestly, <laughs> like, really? You know yeah. what I mean? It's he comes and he will make himself known. His presence. Sometimes a gentle, you know, like breeze. Sometimes you feel this heat around you. Sometimes you feel all sorts of stuff will happen. But he doesn't leave himself without evidence uh, in your life. But 
sometimes that comes out as a result of you actually engaging him and realizing, yeah. hey, okay, all right, he's real and he's here. Mm-hmm. So that's all I would say, I guess, is yes, he cannot be seen, but he also does stuff that when you have a relationship with him, you know that there's somebody else in the mix. Mm-hmm. I'm not on my own. You have the sense of him being there. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so you said Jesus, for example, used to go to a quiet place and pray and dedicate that time to communing with God. Yeah. So practically in our lives, when we decide, okay, I'm going to do this thing where I sit aside, whatever, 10 minutes to an hour, or however long mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel led, mm-hmm. to pray, what are you doing in that time? Like, I don't know, some people play worship music, mm-hmm. others just read their word for that hour and then say a quick prayer and that's it. Like, I know it is very personal. Yes. And it differs from person to person, but what would you suggest somebody do? Because if prayer is not only just talking and it's also listening, could it mean like for 30 minutes you're just sitting in silence? Yeah, so I would say, and this is the beauty of being in a relationship, you know, with God. I think this is where a lot of us miss that aspect of, you know, walking with God being something that could be beautiful. Because... When you think about prayer, you think you're going in there, there's a set way that you have, you, you have to do it. Mm. But when you realize that you can actually plan your days where you can say, today I'm just going to worship. There's different kinds of prayer. And I, you know, worship is a, is, is a kind of prayer. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go and thank God and worship Him. I don't want to ask for anything today. Yeah. You know, I just want to talk to Him. I just want to let Him know just how important He is to me and how much I love Him. I just want to listen to Him. And even if He doesn't speak to me, because sometimes that happens, God doesn't say, you know, sometimes <laughs> just, you sit there and doesn't say anything. It's totally cool. Even if you don't say anything and we're together, mm. that's fine. You mm. know, and I'm out and I know that I was in your presence. It's okay. I'm mm. not feeling. A lot of the time we go in there with our KRAs, you know, our key result areas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. when I go in there, I need to have said one, two, three, four, five. And often when we pursue God to hear his voice, unfortunately, we're, we're pursuing him to hear his voice for direction. So we want him to speak into something, particularly like a job, or maybe there's someone that you're seeing and you're wondering, God, is this the right person? You know, and, and, and it's, it's all about do something for me, you know. And it's never, tell me something, blow my mind. You can tell me about the universe. You can tell me about the intricacy of the galaxies. And, you know, and, and it's stuff that he can say to you that makes absolutely no sense. In terms of, like, I'm pursuing you to know information. You know? And what I've found in my personal uh, journey is the more unstructured, if I can put it in quotes like that, the more like I can come in and also be led of the Spirit. Today, you, you know, you can come in and think, today I just want to really go in and, and ask God for some stuff. And then Holy Spirit is like, no, no, today we're just going to do worship. Mm-hmm. And there's a scripture that says, Paul says, we are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God in uh, Philippians 3 verse 3, uh, which means we worship as we are led by the Spirit. And I found that very beautiful in that uh, we are not the pe- we're not going there all the time with our song list and our rules and whatever. I'm, today I'm going to do this. I'll, I'll just sing a song. I'll read my Bible, say a few words, and then I go. But hey, Holy Spirit, what are we doing today? You know, it's, and it's so cool because sometimes you'll say, 
Today, you're not going to be lounging around. It's not time for you to be relaxing. <laughs> there's war to be, <laughs> there's warfare. Yeah. Things are in, the, the nation is in trouble and you need to pray. Mm. And you get in there and it's not a time to slouch and chill and be on a, on a bean bag, you know, soaking in the presence of God. It's time just to go <laughs> into warfare. You know, yeah. People was like, I'm just soaking. <laughs> you're just soaking like you're a tea bag or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, you're in there, you're praying, you're going for it. Sometimes it's, hey, today you're wasted. You know, the times I remember times when God would say, look, you're finished, you know, and just rest in me. You know, you, you get in there, you've got all this stuff going on your head. I need to do this. I need to, and he just says, hey, just relax. You don't have to do any of that stuff. And you just chill and you feel the refreshing that comes from being in his presence. Mm -hmm. As Peter said to the, uh, you know, to his hearers in Acts 3, you know, in times of refreshing will come from his presence. Yeah. So I would say Maybe to start off with, yes, be, be, be disciplined about the time, mm -hmm. the time itself, so that you can build a routine. Yeah. Um, but as time goes on, just allow yourself to be more creative about it. And now I'm just, for me, I'm a sucker for, don't be formulaic. Have time when you say, I'm just here to worship you and sit in, in silence and to listen to you. If I don't hear anything, it's okay, but I'm just here um, to be with you. Mm -hmm. And you, the more you do that, the more you find that he makes himself known to you. You find that he begins to tell you stuff that you didn't ask him about. Uh, he'll tell you things that, you know, you're wondering, why on earth are you telling me this? Or it's just information. When you're thinking about something, he'll speak to you about it. You find he has to do that because it's now, it's, it's like a relationship. It's, uh, and can I just say, and can I say prophecy? Because it's linked to hearing God. Love prophecy is basically God talking to someone based on relationship. You know, someone you're just sitting there and you're, you know, that 2019, this is the following stuff that's going to happen. You know, and it's someone who's telling you what's going to happen as a friend. You know, will tell someone who's got inside information will tell you, just like if you have a, in a, if you have a friend at uh, some company and they know that their people are going to be retrenched. Mm. They say, hey, you know, Kubasakwedu, uh, you know, it's going to be tight. People are going to be sent on forced leave and stuff and stuff. It's like that. It's a friendship. And that's how, you know, like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow, really? Oh, so Arsenal is going to lose. Oh, my uh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes relational like that. I'm telling you, it can get to that. And it does because he's a person. You see, then people lose that aspect of God when they go to prayer. Yeah. He's this guy who's going to sort things out. Mm. But he's a person. He's a father. He wants to know you, love you. He gets involved in what you're involved in. And that's how it works. And I guess that's where the difficulty actually arises, where um, the view or the picture that we have of God mm -hmm. um, is, you know, God is on his throne, God is mighty, God is basically unreachable, you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. the consuming fire and, yeah. you know, all these analogies that we have um, from, from what the Bible says. And sometimes there's a bit of a disconnect when you, now you're trying to um, approach God as a father, mm -hmm. right? And actually have a conversation with God. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty difficult because maybe because of the way we've been taught traditionally about what prayer is, the way we've been taught about even who God is, yeah. you know, so there's this um, sobriety and... Um, what do you call it? Yeah, it's just yeah. To, to, to who God is. So I guess, you know, the, the, the question then becomes, um, how, how does one migrate from viewing God like that mm -hmm. to viewing God as a person, like you said, yeah. a person that you can have a relationship with? Because then that actually then has a direct um, 
effect on how you pray and how you view prayer. Yeah. You know, I'll be honest. You know, there are times where I want to pray mm-hmm. and have a conversation with God. Mm-hmm. But at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, ish, you know what? I saw that guy in traffic today and this yeah. happened. And I'm like, ish, <laughs> you know, I feel like God is, God is mad. And God, like today is just like, ah, uh-uh, we're not doing that. Repent yeah. now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I'm just saying, how, how, how does one actually... Um, get to the point of viewing God as a, as a person that you can talk to. Yeah. Okay. Look, I, I think the simple answer to that is believe the word. What does the word of God say? You know, it's remarkable that Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, the first thing he says, when you go there, you say, say father. It's the first thing he tells them, father, you are in heaven. If you want to use King James English, Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea there is to immediately deconstruct for his hearers because for them, God was not Father; He was Yahweh, and you can't even use you know the vowels because you just yeah. want to keep this name so sacred, you know, and all that. So to hear him being called Father, what like Padre, like Papa, like Dad, like are you? And it's just not are you crazy. Up. I think I think we've just messed up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've you're killed, right. We've, we've killed it. <laughs> Abba, let's do Abba. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, it's it's just complete. It was a complete mindset shift for them. It was just a shift because they were like, "What on earth are you saying, Father, Dad? I can't do that." And um, we have an advantage over the disciples because the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes and He testifies with our spirit mm-hmm. that we're children of God mm-hmm. and by him we cry Abba Father mm-hmm. yeah. and so there's a knowing that comes to us that we can and that we need to heed that sometimes we we shut that down through too much theology oh God is on his throne and I read Ezekiel chapter 1 and there was wheels inside a wheel and then there's uh, <laughs> angels that had wings that had eyes on them and my gosh and this guy had fire going up from one side and then the other side it was metal what on earth, you know, and I come, you know, stuff, yeah, it's very man. scary. And of course you need to, to have reverence for God. Absolutely. But he is father. And even if you mess up, you know, I'm a father and my kids mess up pretty much all the time. But I've, I've never felt like I don't want my children to be in my presence because they've messed up. You know, mm-hmm. I've just never, ever felt like that. Um, and, you know, I'm not, a, I'm far from a perfect father. I'm thinking if that is how if that's how it can be with my kids. Imagine God with me. You know, the, you know people need to realize that we have been forgiven of sin. Jesus died on the cross, shed His blood, not so that we can be clean. You know, some people they, they lose sight of it. Uh-huh. Be holy, be holy. You know, be clean. No, He did that so that we can have a relationship with God. So that when we come into His presence and we've messed up, we can say, "Hey, I'm so glad. You know, Dad, I messed up, but I'm so glad you sent your Son." I'm so glad his blood is speaking a better word than the blood of Abel today in this moment on my behalf. You know, he's an advocate. That's what John says in 1 John chapter 2, that if any of us sin, we must know that we have an advocate with the Father in heaven, mm-hmm. Jesus, the righteous. Uh, his righteousness is what we stand on. So he did that so that we can know him, so that we can have access to him, not so that we can just be all nice and shiny and be better than everybody you know, <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Because think about it. If you look at other religions and people who are... Muslims or Buddhists and so on and so forth. And you want to compare their lives and the way they conduct themselves, their discipline, sometimes their humility, the way they raise their kids. Yeah. You can find that Christians actually are not quite 
on the same level with them. You know, a lot of Christians are found wanting compared to them. Um, and so it's not about being shinier than everybody else, but it's I have access and I have relationship with God. And on the basis of that relationship, I end up becoming more like him and all that kind of stuff. That's so, yeah. Yeah. so that's so important in understand who God is from what the word of God says. Understand yeah. what he has done to make sure that you can come through into his presence. And then realize how, yeah. I think what you're saying is really profound because the temptation is always to want to go back and clean ourselves first, mm, mm. right? In quotes. Yeah. And then come back when we feel like, okay, now, now I feel like I'm clean enough to come before God, right? And, uh, and yet it's supposed to be the other way around. Yeah. Like God wants us to come to come as we are yeah and there's you know and, and i think like you, you rightly called it a, um, a, a dichotomy that you it's like you know god wants me to be clean yeah but you feel like you have you have the responsibility to clean yourself up yeah. first yeah. and then approach god maybe it's based on that whole old testament yes. mentality whatever it is yes um and yet and some god, teaching as well yeah and yet god wants us to come to come as we are I think that's really interesting. I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd um, yeah. highlight that. Yeah. All right. That so far, this has actually been quite a paradigm shift for me. So we're going to continue this conversation next week. Continue on with the topic of prayer. And I guess the two-part series. All right. Thank you, Kuwaza, and thank you for all your insights. And this prayer topic is a really broad one. There's so much to cover. So we're going to continue with this same topic next week. Continue on with discussing what prayer is, how we can use it in our lives, and really what it means to have that sort of relationship with God. So if you still want to learn more about this subject that, I mean, as any Christian would want to know how to talk to God and how to hear back from Him, please listen in and tune in next week for the second part. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.